You're listening to Gen X Gamers Podcast. Hey all, this is Kid Aquarius, and it's that time of the week, your favorite time of the week. It is time for Gen X Gamer Podcast, the podcast for all of you game lovers out there who are just trying to squeeze out any second or minute during the day to jump into your love of gaming, even if you have to walk into the closet, put on your earphones, press play, and hide in the dark before your kids or your significant other hunt you down to play with them or mow the lawn or go swimming or whatever it is that you people with families have to do. That's right. Welcome. It is episode four of season two, Board Games for the Burbs. That's right, we're going to jump into more board games, and this time I'm going to take a back seat. I'm not going to offer many opinions at all. I'm not going to give you any recommendations. We are just going to hear from two suburbanite fathers out there of games that they like to play with their family and friends in their world, which isn't my world, I have to say, right? Like when I play a board game, I'm jumping in for the long haul. We're going to make it a three, four, five hour affair. I'm going hardcore strategy. I'm going diving deep. But these guys, they don't have that much time. So I have a feeling their games are going to be a little different than my picks. But nonetheless, they are important voices to hear in the world of board games. So that's what we're bringing today. Board games for the burbs. How y'all doing out there? I hope you're doing great. Thank you for listening, by the way. Um, You know, when I started the podcast, I wanted to get some shirts out there and to get some subscribers and some people leaving reviews. And so I had a little, you know dealio going where if you left a review um, for every 10 reviews on the platforms put together I'd send out a shirt well I've been doing that and I have approximately 10 shirts left and I wanted to do something a little different to try to get the podcast out there a little bit so if you do not have a Gen X Gamer shirt and if you want one which you do want one I'm just saying you can see them on genxgamers.us our website but if you don't have a shirt and want one all you have to do is share this podcast with three other people. You have to verify that they've listened to the podcast, any of the episodes, whichever one you think they will like most. Share this podcast with them and then let me know and I will send you a shirt. If you're one of the first 10 to do that, I will uh, I will send you one of my last 10 shirts. So step one, share the podcast with three people. Step two, verify that they listened to one of the episodes and told you how amazing it was. And then step three, send me an email at genxgamers27 at gmail.com and I will send you a shirt. You don't have to send proof. Your word is your bond. Sound good? So you want a shirt? That's all you have to do, folks. Okay. It's my favorite time of the week. It is gaming news in a minute. So, here we go! In the world of superheroes, although Suicide Squad aren't superheroes, are they? I don't know what genre they are. Either way, there is a Suicide Squad video game that's going to be released. Yay, let's pray it's better than the movie. We are going to move on really quickly. There was a recent report about the oldest gamer alive who just set the record in the Guinness Book of World Records, and it is Hamako-sama Mori, the world's oldest gamer, 
at the age of 90. She has over 250,000 YouTube subscribers. She posts like four videos a month, and lately she's been playing the game Dauntless. It's like this free-to-play RPG MMO. But this 90-year-old woman from Japanese looks like this sweet old grandma. And I'm telling you, if she can play at 90 till 2 o'clock in the morning, none of you have an excuse. Everyone should be gaming. Switching, switching to another story, Apex, one of, one of my fun shooter games, it is coming to Switch, which I guess that's exciting news, but what is not exciting news is that along with that, they are releasing that this fall, supposedly, Apex is going to become cross-platform. <laughs> that is the ultimate fail. Listen, the cheaters are so horrendous in Apex, and then you add on all of those consoles coming together, which is going to put even more pressure on all those cheaters to think they have to stream it live and be amazing and blah, blah, blah. I'm so sick of cheaters on those shooter games. I've stopped playing Warzone because of it. And you know what? I've even started calling them out. I send them messages over the Xbox saying, hey, you are nothing without your mods. And all they do is respond and say something like, yeah, eh, don't be so serious about it. Or GG. They don't even try to hide it. I expect them to like try to troll me coming back, but they don't. They just admit to it and move on because they know that nobody's doing anything about it. I'm so sick of cheaters. And that is why I have really exciting news. That's right. Titanfall 2 has had a major resurgence. You heard me talk about in the last few episode podcasts how Titanfall 2, it's a sad, sad thing that people aren't playing that game. Well, it went on sale on Steam for $9.99, and since then, the game has concurrently been on the top 100 games list, and it has over 9,000 players at any given time. That's enough for me, folks. All I need is 8,999 other people to fight against. So Warzone, Apex, solve your cheating problem. I'm going straight back to the best shooter ever made, and that is Titanfall 2. I'm so excited. Hey, remember last week when I went off on Smite saying it's one of my top 10, and yet I had left it because of the horrible, horrible Smite gamers and how snobby they are, but I was going to return because Cthulhu was coming? Well, as an update, I resisted. And then I saw the next story. Smite is really bringing it. Next month, you can play as Aang the Last Airbender. That's right. Aang is coming to Smite. I have chills just saying it. And I've practiced this news in a minute like three times. And I still have chills saying it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And that is your gaming news in a minute. Okay, folks. I hope you enjoyed that gaming news in a minute. Now we are going to get ready for my two co-hosts. Jack Kingsford, Chris Furman, bringing those two get together for the first time to talk about board games in the suburbs. We'll be right back. Okay, here we go, guys. Here I have my two awesome guests with me today. We are going to be talking board games for the burbs. And these two are my perfect suburbanite friends. They live in these like stupid neighborhoods with these perfect families and these beautiful roads. <laughs> and they all get out in the daytime and the nighttime and take walks with each other. And it's just lame. It's so not me. But I figured, you know what? I was listening to Norman last week thinking, you know, my main listener is this like lame-o 40-year-old father with five kids who lives in these suburbans. So I figured these two are the perfect guys to bring out to talk 
about more. So, Jack and uh, Chalky Ho, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day to you, Chris. <laughs> to you too, Jack, but not to Corey. You guys Definitely not Corey. Hey, okay, guys, so listen up. First important question. When are we going to game together? The most important question of our lives, really. That's right. I'm, I'm uh, coming to Utah, to the motherland. And, what? Uh, when? That's great. Uh, for about two weeks. So the exact date is uh, uh, still uh, to be decided, but close to July 4th. Woohoo! Oh my we'll goodness, there. that's great news. We and, do. We have uh, to get together. We have to play. Seeing game. my family will be nice, but uh, gaming with you guys is also in the top <laughs> priority section. <laughs> that's the real reason you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not say it on air, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, every time I visit Utah, they understand that there's uh, going to be at least one night, maybe more, that. Uh, the gaming buddies will be back together. And do you know what? The tough part is, what do we do with that? Like, let's say it's one night. Do we play Gloomhaven? Do we role play? Do we play one of my other epic board games? Like, I'm not sure. That's right. a tough decision. It, it is really a tough is. one. Sorry, these holiday times getting together that, uh, you know, we used to try to do Dungeons and Dragons every time. You know, and we get together and it's just uh, putting together something for the night was just such a difficult thing. And then Corey's like, well, I have every game ever made and I never really played, uh, <laughs> you know, the real ex best games in the world. And once he brought it out, the rest of us were hooked and our lives had changed. And it was such a better life after that. Oh, gosh. I well, have you have you? Well, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but have you played Gloomhaven yet? You know, I have not. You know, I've hardly played any of the hardcore fantasy games except for the ones when I'm with Corey. It's because uh, I just don't have the crowd. Um, so those won't be on my top three picks, even though they most likely would be had I played them. Okay, well, listen, here we go. We've already jumped into it. Today, I want to talk about board games. And the thing about it is, is that I am not going to share any of my favorite board games. That's ridiculous because I have played so many and that is such a difficult question and you guys aren't nearly as nerdy and lame as I am when it comes to board games so I think your opinions are actually really more valid than mine in terms of this podcast and who might be listening so I'm I am pretty interested we're just gonna keep it pretty chill this episode you know celebrate you suburban fathers out there and uh hear what your top top three games are and in no order, right? This doesn't have to be like your number three, number two, number one, just top three board games you love to play. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, Jack, take it away. Share one of your board games that you would say is your top three. So this was really hard, Corey, because you said top three, right? And, and I have board games that I love to play with you because they're much more complex. And like you said earlier, that you've opened up my, my world to this reality that board games can just be anything, right? From time travel um, to just medieval time where there's um, really well-designed 
AI systems within a game so that everybody can play together and that yet you're battling some really hard um, characters. So, but then there's this other part of me where I have really young kids and I'm introducing them to board games. And the reality is I play those board games a lot more. The first one I'm going to share is Catan Jr. Mm. And the reason why I've really come to love and appreciate Catan Jr. if is because it, it's been a really great way to introduce my kids and my wife to a, a game that's a little more complex, right? About kind of like domination, right? Where you're trying to take over land and, and um, there's resources involved, but it's at such a basic level that you can play the game pretty quickly. And what ended up happening is that then I um, recently then bought Settlers of Catan, the actual game, and played it with my kids, and the transition was flawless. And my wife, who we played this game when we first got married, played with um, another couple, and she hated it. It was too complex for her. She just couldn't stand it. And in fact, she actually walked out of this get together and just like walked home. She's like, I'm done playing. And she just <laughs> left. Um, but since we played Catan Jr., she was playing Catan Jr. with us. And then we played Settlers of Catan. And no joke, after we got done playing the game, she's like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And so it, it's just, it was just a game changer. So Catan Jr. Is, is, my, is my number one. And it was for that reason. It's because it was a great way to introduce it to my kids and my wife, who, who hates those kind of big kind of games. But it was a great way to transition to Settlers of Catan. So now that you have the uh, the broader base game, do you guys ever go back and play Junior? Catan. Oh, uh, we have not. No, and I don't think we will now. Yeah. Um. No, I take that back because Maybe I still have a two year old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I haven't played with um, my two youngest, Crew and Kai. So we'll probably still play Catan Junior with them, and then once they get older. It's, it's cool. great. It's a great game to have. Okay, Chris, you're up. I, w I did not foresee Catan Jr. on that list, so way to go, Jack. <laughs> you know, you're I up, consider uh, Settlers of – I say Catan. When we always, every time we have a different way of saying it, it has a, diff like a different flavor if you say it differently. I, I thought it was Settlers of Caton. It's not Kate. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maggard, you're up. Back to like the, the, the Deuce X or Deus X. Deus X. Who knows? So I, I never played the junior. Um, I, 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 I love Catan. I think it's about the right, like a great difficulty level and easy to jump into, especially for a lot of people, it's the gateway. The gateway drug. It's the gateway drug. To get you up. Because when you tell people like, oh, yeah, I love board games, they're like, so you like play Monopoly? It, you know, and uh, for me, I, I I have always hated Monopoly. I don't know what it is, but it's a no. I don't. It's not that. So for my first game, um, is Splendor. I don't know if you've uh, oh, yeah. played that, but I have. I, just, mm. I love it. I love it. Most of my gaming uh, is either with my family. I've got the young kids. Uh, they're nine, seven, five, and two. So we have, we have some different levels there, but they, most of them are able to hang with, uh, you know, the Catan type level games. I think Splendor is maybe on a similar level. The other time I game a lot is uh, at lunch at my work. And so we've only got about 30 minutes and that, that, that uh, puts a lot of 
restrictions on what kind of game. And then once together, once in a while, we get together on a weekend and are able to enjoy a longer game, like a Ticket to Ride. That's what my family is like. Say Ticket to Ride, but it's not going to be one of those. So to Splendor. So Splendor, you've got this, uh, it's got these different dynamics going on of you're collecting um, uh, these gems and in order, and then he's got these beautiful little coins and it's very good quality like coin. You know, it's, it doesn't feel cheap. Like in some games when it's like almost a paper cutout, it just kind of cheapens the whole feel of the game. But this is a really great quality build. And you are, um, you've got this intersection of you're buying the three different levels. And a lot of the first ones that you're buying aren't giving you any points toward the end of the game. They're just get, letting you be able to get the better cards later. And you have to balance of when I'm going to start saving up more to get the, the, the cards that give you actual points and, uh, you know, collecting certain types of gems, which give you other combinations for uh, higher scores in the, in the end game. Uh, and so some people are going to like collect, uh, you know, too many or a good amount of these uh, building cards. And then some people are going to dive right into trying to get points right away. And there's a lot of different uh ways the game goes when you choose one strategy or the other and you know you're fighting for some of the same cards and you can reserve cards so you can take a card that you know somebody's targeting and sort of hide it from them and, and you would be the only person that would be able to buy that and you know it sounds uh, like a, sounds like sorry to interrupt chris sounds like a ahead. genre engi uh, an engine builder have you heard of that genre before um an engine builder uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's basically where you have yeah. resources that you start with and actions and you have to turn them into more resources in order to further your game. I mean, similar to a deck builder, which is more yeah. common term, but, but not with a, you know, a deck. Exactly. Card, not with cards, card. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's cool, Chris. Um, I have played Splendor once in Japan. When oh, I really? One once of my board Japan. game uh, get togethers. Yeah. Okay, Jack, we're going to hit you up. What's number uh, number two on your list? Number two is uh, Scythe. Have you played Scythe? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, you played it with me? No, I never played it with you. Scythe? Nope. My friend, you did. <laughs> no, I, I played Scythe with... Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Steve Alston. He is a big board game player out in bush alaska nathan uh, jack i am literally what? going to fight with you right now <laughs> okay when did you we played play scythe with me in my apartment with david your brother oh did we play it too yeah okay well but i played it in shout alaska, out to steve as well i just have to have glory <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about it jack why is that on your list um well i like to one because when I was in Alaska, um, we had to sleep at at schools, right? That was like our professional development, as we'd have all these different schools coming into um, the biggest village in the area, which had eight hundred people. But when we were there, um, he introduced me to this game, that game Scythe, and it was I just had no idea that there was another type of game. It's you know, it's kind of similar to to settlers of katine where um <laughs> where it's like this kind of idea of world domination but what's cool about this one is that there's like mech machines right that you're kind of building and you're kind of basically building a, an entire army to take people over 
I don't think I've ever won the game, but obviously it's, it's really about just being with the people there and, and hanging out and getting together. And, and I remember playing it and it takes freaking ever too, which is awesome. Yeah. It's a longer <laughs> game, especially if you haven't played it very often. Uh, Scythe, one of the great things about Scythe, Jack, I'm glad you brought that game up is because there are certain games that come out that feel like they create their own, um, not genre in terms of type of gameplay, but genre in terms of setting. And Scythe is totally that way. It's like this cyberpunk 20th century European like game that's just weird, like in the middle of the world wars, but yet, um, but yeah, like you said, there's like this, uh, this tech side of it that's, that's very different and unique. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's right. We did play it. I'm looking at images of it now and remembering like the actual setup. And you're right. We did play. We did play with David. Yes. Um, but I did play it first in Alaska. So I have okay. to give props to Steve. Fair enough. Steve, I hope you spell your name with a PH and not a V. Okay. <laughs> you're up, Chris. Nightshade, bring it up. Bring number two. All right. Um, this one is a bit casual, but I just love it. I love it. Uh, Azul. Oh. I don't know if you've played Azul. Um, played Azul. Every time I play it, it just goes really well. Everybody I play with, whether it's my family or friends and stuff, they just love it. And uh, I know there's two different ones that came out that are a little more complicated, and I've never played those. But the original uh, just does it for me. You're building like a patchwork um, of – you've got these beautiful little tiles, and then uh, you've got to get a certain amount of them to be able to put them down, you know, in, a, in the different orders – and you've got your kind of scoreboard that you're trying to get um, ones in a row that match the design that's like, a, you know, the set design. And then it's, uh, you can't have more than one in a row. And, and the more that you get that are close together, they like uh, compound. And then you, each time you would put one down, all the ones that are touching it around it would be your score for that round. And so it gets, uh, uh, you know, higher. And uh, it's, it's not like really too complicated but it does have good it's like the right amount of strategy but not like uh too stressful and it's you just it's just fun to put it down and you're, you're taking them from this pile and then there are different piles and you have to take other other ones with it or you're putting it in the middle and then somebody's kind of going to get stuck with the remainder in the middle and everybody's counting how many rounds is possibly left uh, and using that to be which tiles they're going to get which tiles that no matter what i can't get stuck with and it's just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that uh, if you like visually appealing uh, things, then Azul kind of jumps out at you. And another one that's similar to Azul that I've discovered recently is Quirkle. And, mm. and those kind of build on uh, cute tiles together in creative ways. Never played Quirkle, but I do know which game it is. Yeah, cool. Okay, round it off, Jack, number three. Number three for me is Monopoly Deal. Have you played Monopoly Deal? I have not. Oh, I found one that I, you haven't played. Congratulations. Uh, yes, I did it. I did it, is guys. This like a, is this like a card game? It is a card game. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason that this is, uh, has a special place in my heart is because it was one that we played a lot in, in Bush, Alaska, because my kids were really young there and so they were just barely starting to learn to read write my two eldest and this card game actually does require you to read but 
a lot of the basic mechanics of it are real similar to Monopoly, but it's like a 15 minute short card game. And it is a ton of fun and it's quick. So if you like Monopoly, but you really dislike the idea of having to sit there for hours, you know, trying to go through the game, which is myself guilty. I do like the idea of Monopoly, but then when you sit and play with it, you're like, when will this game end? Um, and so Monopoly deal is like the perfect balance. You have the same kind of idea or mechanics of Monopoly, but it's in a card game and it's really quick. It's 10 to 15 minutes and it's a ton of fun. And if you have a big group, you just get a second deck of cards and add it in and you can have, you know, an even larger group of people. So Monopoly deal. So you Corey, we should play from the suburb suburbanite father, Jack himself in Bush, Alaska monopoly deal and there is no way in a million years i will be playing that game with you <laughs> as soon as you said monopoly i thought it was a joke <laughs> i know right? like totally i love it but that's the point right all you people out there that are in saratoga springs you guys can get together and play your you know monopoly deal all right um so my third choice is uh another one that's hard to pronounce uh carcassonne i don't know if you say it a different way Carcassonia or something. I always um, I always add the e at the end of it. Carcass. Oh, car Carcassonne. Car yeah, I, I always say carcassonne. Carcassonne. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like a cacophony of different. I know, but it's like who came up with these words? Right, it, and it doesn't have like a. This is the way to pronounce it. This should be like the first thing on the instruction guide. Yeah, like it's I mean, a classic. It feels, it feels very European, and it, I mean, and everyone you know knows this game, and it's it's sort of in the Catan level of fame. But uh, one of the great things about it is that it's never the same game twice. And, you know, when you play with the same group of friends and you, you, you have your set amount of games, uh, some of the games, they, they, they're wonderful, but they follow a similar pattern. This game, obviously, you know, the, the gameplay and stuff is, is the same, but the cards you get and the what you're going for, you're building uh, basically a kingdom or, you know, or, or the parts of the kingdom around it, the roads, you're scoring points by putting things together. You're going to try to build roads together. You're going to try to build a monastery and all the land around it. And uh, in order to build the land around it, it has to be the right uh, tile. You're looking at the outsides of the tiles and it has to be able to meld with the tile next to it. And so you've got a few people all trying to um, fight for the same real estate. And once you're building cities, cities are sort of the big uh, main thing you're trying to build. Somebody, if it's not directly connected yet, they can start building their city. And then you're going to, uh, your cities are going to interconnect somewhere and then you'll be sharing the points. But if somebody uh, has more of their meeples, this, this is where the famous word meeples comes from, your little um, your game pieces that you put down that represent what you're trying to go for and claim, whoever has more of those is going to get all the points and the other person to put a lot of the work of the game is going to get zero. And so it's uh, a real fun uh, game. Sometimes you get into these competition battles, but uh, you're, you know, you're building these beautiful little cities with the, you know, colorful tiles and there's a lot of fun expansions. Do you, uh, do you play that with your family at all or strictly with the people at work? All three of these games are like family top hits, but also gotcha. um, top hits at work. Okay, so Jack and Chris, I want to hear from both of you. Both of you just take a minute. What's great about playing board games with your family and with your kids? So Jack, start with you. What do you, if you were to just sum it up, 60 seconds. 
What is great um, about playing board games with your family and with your kids? Keep in mind, his oldest is 10 years old. It's just a way for all of us to get together and connect and to make memories and, you know, where we laugh and there's some competition sometimes, which is healthy and helpful, especially when you're with younger kids, right, who are just kind of being introduced to that idea or concept of competition and trying to make it healthy and common, right? Then they don't get so upset when they lose in the future for bigger things. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. There's just this really great, um, I would say, almost like spirit or feeling or aura or energy that enters my home. That's very, very positive when we play board games. And my kids love it. They, they know that we are a board game, board game family. And uh, so I just love that. Awesome. Maggard? Yeah, so I really agree with what uh, you know, Jack was saying. Um, and, and then as your kids are like hit that age where they start to understand and they're not just sort of the uh, sub B player who are like, oh, can you grab that card for me and put it here? But uh, you really see the cleverness, you know, the brilliance cre and creativity of children where first you're like, you know, see, these are the rules and they're like, I don't get it. You know, and then five minutes later, they are starting to make these moves that are very intelligent and uh, all the pieces like they're putting together and uh, being able to engage so deeply with your family. Um, there's not many activities that we do together that, uh, that we're really building something and like, uh, you know, head to head, but not in the way of, uh, you know, uh, causing strife, like other head to head moments in the family. And to be, you know, as the different games you get, you see your kids, uh, their strategic minds start to grow. And even when they, they start beating you in, in a lot of moves that you didn't, you know, think out or you didn't think it was good, it could possibly happen that way. And they just sort of, you know, shut you down and they know exactly what they're doing. And to see those uh, minds just come to life and, uh, you know, to, to be part of a story together. And, you know, each game has its own little magical uh, feel to it. And to, to like enter that world together and just everything else in your life is able to just like, you know, go its own way for a minute and just allow you to ha have that uh, real special um, time. It's like an adventure outside of your home. And uh, that's, you know, something that we, we just, everyone's like, okay, is it game night? What, what game are we playing? Everyone runs and we get everything together. And it's one thing that uh, we can really always uh, unite around. That's awesome, guys. <laughs> Yeah, can I add one more too, especially with uh, COVID-19, right? I think that's one, one area that has not changed. In, in fact, it's kind of increased a little bit, right? This ability to play indoors more, that hasn't changed, and it's just been magnified a little bit more. Yeah, a lot of anyway, people I talk good. to, they, you know, this has been so hard for them because they're not used to this kind of pressure tank with their family and they don't know how to like express it. So they're trying to get away from each other, or just fighting more. But uh, when you have the board games, it's, it's, it, it, it's been a really wonderful experience to be stuck together and to just uh -huh. have nothing else to do but game together. And it, uh, it's been such a amazing way to uh, get to know my children, my, my family better. Yeah, I have to echo that same sentiment. I think I, I have heard, you know, that, you know, on the news that some families have been struggling during this time because they are having to be with each other so long. But I've been loving it for that reason, right? Like, 
I have so many board games. I have so many um, activities that we can do within the home that it hasn't been painful. In fact, it's been really enjoyable. <laughs> this is so beautiful, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I do one honorable mention? Uh, I'll tell you what. We will let one. you take Monopoly Deal off of your list <laughs> and no. replace it with your honorable mention. <laughs> no, I just, I just had to give an honorable mention to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Dice Masters. <laughs> it's a pretty oh, fun two-player game. That sounds great. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is actually. It's very good. It was actually a gift from Corey. And it is actually a really fun. Well, it's game. because it's a, you had it's played a battle game. It's because you had played Coyers with me. And yes, which is also by Dice Masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coyers. Cool. Yeah, we, we should play that again. Gosh, there's million, so many games. We have a million games. Like all I have to do is start <laughs> saying my games, and I know you're going to be like, "Did I really put Monopoly Deal above that game?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> the Monopoly what, Deal jokes are over. <laughs> One of my uh, most exciting moments in life is when I, I tell Corey about a game that I've been playing and he, and he hasn't played it yet. I'm like, yes, I've done it. Yeah. The, the game <laughs> God has been defeated once. Actually, yeah, Chris, you, uh, it's, it's one thing to talk about a game that I haven't played before, but it's another to talk about a game that I'm willing to try and play and then I incorporate it into my family. And we went and played Machi Koro because- Machi Koro, yeah. I remember uh, you said that you went we and got played that. it for about three months. And, uh, <laughs> wow. With my family, that's, that's a big deal because games come into the rotation and then they go and they're gone for good because there's just so many other games to play. So, but uh, anyway, yeah. You, you have hit that note, Chris. You yes. Okay, friends. That's it for uh, episode four. Right after the break, I'm going to be unleashing what is coming up in the next four episodes, which it is all about role-playing. Okay, guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast with Chris and Jack. I can just say, uh, despite the ribbing that I give them, they are fantastic fathers who spend awesome time with their kids and expose them to so many great things, including gaming. And that's what I love about it. Okay, next time, guys, I'm very excited. The second half of season two, we are going to be moving in a new direction. We're going to move away a little bit from video games and board games and hit tabletop role-playing, Dungeons and Dragons. It has a rich history in my life and in the life of all of my friends. And so I am so excited to share all of my thoughts and feelings and experience and give you some ideas out there for, for those people out there who are interested in role-playing. And even if you're not, it might even be this topic that is like, maybe at one point was even taboo in your life. And it's just interesting to hear about. So get ready because next week we are jumping into the world of role-playing. I'm excited to do so. And I hope to see you there. Have a wonderful week and thanks for tuning in.